Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. I'm so excited that you're here today. My topic this month is about happiness. And I think that we just need more happiness with all this turmoil that's going around us these days from all directions. Somehow we wake up one morning and we look around and we say, I've lost it. Where'd it go? I used to be so happy. And so I'm going to be doing a webinar next Monday at 7 o'clock. That would be April the 22nd that I'm going to tell you more about later in the program. But it's going to be on happiness, how to get your happy back. So we'll be talking more about that in the show. I want to share with you an amazing woman that I met through this year. I always love to talk about the experiences that I've had in the past year and how I've grown from them. I had the honor of meeting this amazing woman in Valley Head, Alabama. Now, I had to travel to Valley Head, Alabama, which is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, She is a woman of power, as she calls herself, as she sat on the front of a large room filled with circular tables filled with women. And a couple men were in there as well, because her message is not gender specific. But Edwin Gaines is a widely known seminar leader and teacher who works with thousands of people each year across the U.S. and South America. She's teaching on personal issues of prosperity, integrity, commitment, forgiveness, and finding purpose for their lives, for your life. She tells how she was not the case in her earlier life when she experienced fear and deprivation. She had holes in her shoes, two jobs, a 16-hour day, and still she struggled while living as a single mother. She asked God to help her turn her life around. These are the four spiritual laws of prosperity that she was given. In a relatively short time, her life had totally begun shifting In a few years, and they were shifting as she put these laws into practice. In a few years, her life had turned around and she could travel first class, dress first class, eat first class, and live first class. Her definition of true prosperity is this. 
and a vitally alive physical body to provide a comfortable worldly home for the spiritual beings that we all are. Relationships that are satisfying, nurturing, honest, and work all the time. Not just part the time, all the time. Work that we love so much that it's not work. It's play. And all the money we can spend. Those are pretty, four pretty special prosperity. Definition of prosperity. Physical body, healthy physical body. Relationships that work. Work that is play, not work. And money that we can spend as we wish. Now, you know, this planet that we live on has a multitude of laws. The physical laws, an example of that, of course, is if we jump out of a plane, we're going to drop to the ground, to the earth, pretty fast and break into many pieces if we live. So that's the the physical example of a physical law, gravity. There's the human laws made by humans. To drive a car, you must drive the speed limit or you'll suffer the consequences. To save lives, they do this. They're not laws without good purpose, but they're laws that we all must abide by to encounter the best life. Now, Edwin Gaines tells us the four spiritual laws that she was given for prosperity. And I want to share those with you today. There are only four, but they're huge in their meaning. And as you listen to them, stay open. And she has a book that can help you through them. So law number one is tithing and giving. Now, for those of you not used to the word of tithing, tithing is giving an amount originally As I was brought up, it was giving to the church. It was created by the church and by God to support the church. Edwin Gaines believes that this lies down firm and fast. Excuse me. Gaines lays down firm and fast rules for tithing, such as charitable giving doesn't count. Giving 9% isn't enough. And if you're too broke to tithe, you will probably always be broke. Law number two, setting clear-cut goals. Now, goals are attainable uh, dreams, ways of measuring our life. They're, we set them out there so that we can grow and achieve those things we want in our lives. Gaines advises going on first before setting your goals. A 21-day fast from anger, gossip, cheating, and hostility. Only then, when you have only good intentions in your heart and on your mind, can you specific be specific about what you truly want. 
figure out how you go about accomplishing it and achieving those things. Now that right there is a major um, act of growth to actually learn how to go 21 days without anger, gossip. Cheating would be easier for some. And hostility, those are big topics there. Law number four. No, law number three. Forgiveness and worthiness. Lane Gaines believes that you must forgive yourself for everything you've done and forgive others for all that they may have done to you. Freeing yourself from judging others is a step in learning what you truly want out of life. Forgiveness is one of the, in my opinion, one of the most difficult challenges we have as human beings. Forgiving. But forgiving first ourselves. This is one we don't think of a a lot of times. Then forgiving others. The fourth law, finding your divine purpose. Most people can't imagine where they would begin to do such a thing. Our purpose, our divine purpose. Did we come to earth really knowing we had a mission to do? Really? Well, Edwin says we do. And she leads you step by step down the path to finding your unique strengths, which will help you accomplish your direction in life. Now, most of the information I've given you today is from the forward in Edwin Gaines' book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. It's a simple guide to unlimited abundance. It was published in 2005. And she explained in our gatherings that she refused to publish several times. She refused to be on on certain programs because they weren't in line with her beliefs. And so she so carefully selected and released her, her book so that it be timed with um, the right person, the right direction, the right path so that it would be as a book of integrity. You can get your copy on Amazon.com. Now, this is a small book with only 216 pages in it. But as you could tell, it's heavy subjects. And it's, and it's filled from cover to cover. Now, I encourage you to find her YouTubes as well. So you can watch and listen. She is an amazing and wonderful woman of power, which comes across very clearly on the YouTubes. But she's also has that Southern voice and that charm of that only can be found in the South. So which of these laws would you choose to tackle first? Hmm. Good question. Well, I have a suggestion. I suggest get her book first, which takes time to order. Then watch her YouTube sessions while you're waiting for your book. 
get the charm of this woman, get the voice as you read her words in the book. And then make your decision how you will move forward into prosperity in your life. So this I wanted to share with you because I was so life changed by this woman. I was so impressed by her work and her genuineness. At the end of every one of her sessions, she does something called a firework where you actually walk on coals, hot coals. And it is a challenge and a, um, a journey of transition. Once you, one, you must face your fears. But we throw into that fire, those coals, all of our doubts, our fears, all those issues that hold us back from being our greatness. It's a very powerful experience. And yes, I walked on fire twice this year with Edwin Gaines. Now, Edwin is taking a little sabbatical right now after many years of teaching and she's regrouping her life so she will be back because she is indeed a gifted teacher so i suggest you go to her website and look at her her information now as i wanted to do moving you into and keeping with this i have no less no less amazing woman than my guest here today who will be speaking with us. Yes, I've known her for many years too. So that's my gift to share Don Franks with you. Don Franks is president and CEO of her own company of Your Philanthropy, a coaching and consulting firm. She works with donors, private foundations, and the nonprofit community. Now, she's no newbie on this block. She has been in nonprofit for 38 years, and she has worked with donors across the country. In her earlier nonprofit career, she co founded and was the executive director for 15 years of East Texas crisis center and we'll hear more about that the ceo she is the ceo of she was or she moved from the crisis center into the ceo of the united way of smith county and we're all familiar with united ways all over the united states and then don before opening her own company spent 13 years with a with a giving intimate intermediary called the Fourth Partner Foundation. Now, Dawn is the author of her book of Giving Fingerprints, an ebook that's available at her site, www.yours-philanthropy.com. So welcome, Dawn. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and so glad to um, listen in as you talked about Edwin Gaines, very interesting. Oh, she's such a charming woman. She just is cute as a button. <laughs> and then she just has this wonderful wisdom about her. But well, I have to look her up. I will do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, now, I you 
why did you name your company philanthropy? What does that word mean to you? Yeah. Well, so, you know, the, the name of the company is Your Philanthropy, and I spend my time working with individuals not on philanthropy and giving from the perspective of how I think about it, but yeah. from the perspective of how you and it's your philanthropy. Yes. And, yeah. and so I think that that's very, very important and goes to really the center of what philanthropy means. If you, if you just go out and look it up in a dictionary, almost everybody in every dictionary will tell you it's Greek for the love of mankind, philos being love and philanthropy, mm-hmm. mankind. So that's a very right. simple, simple definition. But the truth is there is so much depth in that it's not only and i loved what you said about what um, edwin believes it's not Mm -hmm. only about how you love others it's also how you love yourself and how you allow that to guide the kind of giving that you might make Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it is in small amounts because that's what you have to give or it's in great amounts right makes no difference you still have to come from the same place inside in terms of how you think about your own personal giving decisions. Well, my question to you is how do you, I know that we all learn some giving rules that we kind of go by that we learned in our families of growth, you know, birth families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you almost have to, do you undo some of those beliefs and help them um, take on their present day beliefs or do you, how do you make that um, flow from well, past old beliefs to the newer beliefs, which I so know some of the old ones will always stick with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it just depends on the individual. So, you know, some individuals will definitely come from, you know, have families of origin where, they learn to give in certain ways. They, their mm-hmm. parents or grandparents modeled giving in certain ways. And so that those patterns are very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not always the right pattern for the individual that I am today. And yeah. so, you know, the, in the conversations that I have with donors when we talk about this, it's about figuring out where what what the donor of the individual most values and then mm-hmm. how they can use their giving to fulfill those values. And some of that could be honoring the past and some mm-hmm. of that is honoring who you are today or who you hope to become because sometimes we might give towards something that we um we hope, you know, we we see it in the future and we hope to be that way and we may give toward that direction. So all of that is in, is embodied in who we are at the moment when we make giving decisions. It's just that we do it from um, instinct and intuition almost without uh-huh. spending very much time thinking about it. Right. Um, I, I'm kind of looking over as your bio, and I'm seeing a, a person that has generally given of yourself. I mean, you've been drawn to serve in the nonprofit world for most of your life, starting with the East Texas Crisis Center. Why do you think that you you've just drawn been drawn to that business? Well, that's a 
Yeah, that's a really, really interesting question because I, when I left college, um, I had an opportunity to do some research for a paper right at the end of my school years. And mm-hmm. it was in that moment that I learned about this fledgling group that eventually created what became the Rape Crisis Center and the, the Battered Women's Shelter called the mm-hmm. Crisis, Crisis Center. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at first blush, you might say, well, so there must be something in my background that would have drawn <laughs> me to those causes, but there really wasn't. I grew up in a right. healthy family, and, and there wasn't there. But uh-huh. what happened really was that I arrived into this group of people I liked and had a lot mm-hmm. of respect for and was learning from and mm-hmm. saw that I could provide something. There was a skill set I had they could use to create this, this entity. And mm-hmm. so I gave that skill set. That was mm-hmm. what I brought to this group. And really in many ways that's what's happened through to me through my career. It became about how I could bring value and contribute to something that was going on that would make things better for others. It's right. not always been about a particular issue. Now, so for many people, they arrive at giving because there is something in their lives that they absolutely want to see change in, and mm-hmm. so they give to that. But, mm-hmm. but for me, it was what skill am I bringing to the deal and how can I help them accomplish what they so want to accomplish? Others in the group certainly had um, a lot that they brought from their past history. They wanted change. They wanted to have a shelter for battered women. Um, And so I saw myself as just trying to get involved and help them get there. And that was my gift at the time as a college, right out of college student, (laughs) and then eventually being this very young (laughs) executive director (laughs) and learning how to, to run a nonprofit organization. But always in that work, bringing other people around me to share in how together we could make things better, and then working with donors who had a real heart for what we were doing. Um, And I think our lives have those tracks in them for most of us. You know, Mm -hmm. even someone who's, you know, someone who's an accountant or a doctor or um, someone who is the receptionist at, you know, a law office, if you look yeah. back in their life, there are places where they've contributed to things that were important to them that had nothing mm. to do with really maybe how they were earning a living. And mm. if you go back to those things and you look at them and you say, well, so what was it about that that you loved? Was it um, the, the hard work of being involved? Was it that it was took a lot of courage to get involved with that group? Was it something about collaborating? What all those kinds of values that we have when you figure that out, what's super important, then you can figure out what kind of things you want to give to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to add on to that. I think that that's an important part for any listener out there that's trying to find happiness in their life, that they yeah. give to something that they love, that they find great interest in. So I'm so glad you kind of brought that up about the receptionist, the accountant, and all those professionals that they get the rewards of giving back when they get involved in organizations that really they feel um, connected to the cause. They're connected to the cause. You know, I think that's also important. Yeah. Now, we, tell we us a little have opportunities to give to things that our friends or our families are doing. Yes. We do it because we care about them. Mm-hmm. But what really 
really makes a difference for most of us at the deepest level is the cause that we love. Oh, yes. I so agree. Yeah. Now, the Crisis Center is a larger organization, isn't it? Or isn't it? All over the United States, or is that well, there particularly? Are, there are shelters. There are battered women's shelters all over the United States, but there's no one organization that serves as an umbrella. All, oh, okay. They're all independent. They're all independent with their own boards of directors in local communities. Yeah. Well, I congratulate you on that because, my goodness, looking back on how successful that has been for the women of East Texas that have gone through really difficult situations. We have a very strong, functioning um, organization here in East Texas. So applaud, applaud you for your insight, Dawn. <laughs> and yes, you were I just really, just me finding something I could do for the group. <laughs> that's how simple and really, you know, isn't it, Joyce? That's how simple it is in life. If you get involved and you give of yourself yes. somehow, and um, you know, it's not overtly intentional. You just know that I can make a difference here, and by what I give and how I contribute. Yes, and that is, and you know, I love how you think about things as the second wind. I mean, that is how you. You go on to what's next because you grow a little bit by having given in those ways. And I grew tremendously through those years. I know. <laughs> See any old pictures back then? <laughs> Let's not talk how- about the hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how fun to go back. Oh, my goodness. Well, you progressed on into United Way, which is a huge organization, and there yeah. did great work and then on to Fourth Partner Foundation. So you've just given, 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 and you supported the, our community so well. So some of the other questions when we come back from our break, uh, we're going to get into um, patterns for giving and giving words and values so that people can start creating their giving image that they want to um experience and bring into their life if they're not already doing some of that then we might start something really good here today or perhaps there's a way of defining there's good in just giving of time or giving money so we will be back to hear more from dawn after a short break i look forward to her answers so take a break get a cup of coffee and come back and join us as we continue our show today. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, 
passion and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are having the most interesting conversation today about philanthropy, what it is, how we do it, what we gain from it. Um, And our guest is Dawn Franks, who has spent most of her life in nonprofit work, supporting the good works of East Texas Crisis Center, United Way, and Fourth Partner Foundation. So, Don, I want you to share with us some of the personal giving styles that you share with the clients that you uh, work with. So how does one start this process? Well, you know, starting is actually really easy, Um and that it just takes a little bit of time to um, sit down and reflect on the kind of giving that you have done historically and and then looking for patterns in that. I, I didn't really, for many years, I mean, I spent 20 years as, as a nonprofit executive director and raising money, mm-hmm. did not understand really until I got to the, the um, third job in my career at the Fourth Partner Foundation and began having the opportunity to work with donors, how much of a personality uh, givers have. They have their Mm -hmm. own unique personalities. And from my perspective, a giving brand, and that drills down to the kinds of values that are important to them that make them feel great about the why they give to what they give to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so through that, I figured – actually, I read a a wonderful – a wonderful book by Charles Bronfman, The um, Art of of uh, Giving. And I learned that there was an organization in New York that was working with donors, and they were using these um, value words to help donors figure out how they gave. And mm-hmm. so over time, I started using some of those words, and then I developed and um, added to, took away some and I created what I call giving fingerprints, and I sit with a group, with an individual or family sometimes, mm-hmm. um, a group of individuals, and we look through. It's, there's 36 words in the list. We look through those words, and we think about what they mean very specifically to the kind of giving that we do mm-hmm. and identify the half a dozen that are sort of at the top of the list, the ones that are most important that resonate, and I find that, while there are similarities, particularly in families, almost everybody has a different set of five or six, seven words yes. that are meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. And then if they will use those words to think about how they continue their giving, I believe they'll find um, even more joy and um, and feel feel even stronger about how they give and why they give. And they'll 
you know, as, as, as Wayne talks about growing in your tithing and giving, once you are really connected in those ways, knowing what drives you, what motivates you, then it becomes so much easier to give to the things you care about. Oh, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, this kind of th- thing kind of reminds me of, and, and you can tell me what you think. Your friend fingerprints are like, it brings one to focus on what they have done in their past. Is that correct? Would that be right? Sure. Your sure. fingerprint so, is your giving past. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I, I think of this as as you as an individual, you, me. We all have our own giving fingerprints, and uh-huh. we know from every um, criminal show we ever watched on television, everybody's fingerprints are basically different. Yes. And so, and so you really you are looking at the kinds of things you've been doing and giving to, and mm. you are saying, you know, here's the pattern I've had, and 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 frankly, sometimes here's what happens: you look at the past. And then mm-hmm. you look at the the value words on on the giving fingerprints list, and you identify the ones that you know really resonate. That you know that's really important to me. And then you look yes. back at the kind of giving you've been doing, and you go, "Oh wow, you know what? I'm not giving to some things that probably I could because I really now I understand these this this kind of a nonprofit would be even more important to me." So let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, um, so sometimes it takes a lot of courage to support a nonprofit organization because they are going down paths that are different. They're blazing trails. They they need people who are really courageous with them who will take a chance. And so yes. if you're someone who, you know, courage is something you really value, well, then mm-hmm. giving to nonprofits who are really at the forefront of work, doing something to change, then mm-hmm. that may make you feel really great to be a part of that. Right. Um, on the other side of that, it might be that you love the idea of an organization having a really great impact. Um, they're really making a difference, and they can they can give you information and prove to you that they're changing people's lives and making a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important. And yeah. so you want to give to organizations that fulfill that kind, that piece of your fingerprint. Right. Yeah. Um, I, it sort of makes me think about the core values. You know, I will, that's what my book is about, the core values, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, effortless happiness and identifying that so that it makes your life easier if you know your core values. So I can right. see the fingerprint being makes your life easier giving if you Absolutely. know this information about yourself. Absolutely. I mean, you right. can take... In almost any list of value words that you can find mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your book, in this mm-hmm. little book I wrote, in someone else's yeah. book, and do the same exercise and simply make yourself think about it from the perspective mm-hmm. of giving, of donating, writing a check, or volunteering your time. If you make yourself think through it in that way, then it will answer the why question around giving. I have this question. Because I've kind of have found this in my own passage. As uh-huh. I have grown and my life has changed, my giving has changed. In other words, I always gave to women. 
But now, because of my defining moment of divorce, I give to organizations that are more with supporting the single woman or the woman with family or the woman that's gone through divorce or hard times or because I see and I've experienced the pain, I then know I'm connected. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And and so to me, that's an example of you know what you've done in the past. That's Mm -hmm. that's great. You know what's important to you today, but you're looking into the future and you're saying, I want to make a difference for those, you know, as I go forward, Mm -hmm. I can make a difference. And I don't have to do everything the way I have been doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to give the way my family gave. Yes. Um, I can um, I can do something totally different. I can change and go a different direction. And I, I promise that, that <laughs> if you, when you do that, you will get the second wind that you're talking about, Joyce. You will yeah. get it. Yeah. Now, listeners out there, if you want to go get um, – Don's book. It's at www.givingfingerprints.com. I think that's a great book you need to add to your library and read it <laughs> and start your change. What a good book to kind of give you the guidance that you would need to make this transition. So anyway, I, um, I think that's a book I need on my shelf as well, Don. <laughs> so. What is the challenge that you see with the resistance that you see in some people's changing their giving styles? Well, for some, for some of us who are, um, we're married, we have partners, we have, mm-hmm. um, really close friends that are involved in some of our giving decisions in one way or another. Sometimes mm-hmm. we feel constrained. I find oh, definitely. Particularly normal in in marital relationships, it's like, well, he makes all the giving decisions, um, or you know, we don't really agree, and so, but I don't want to argue about it. So that's, I think, those are challenges, and so I always encourage a couple to both do the giving fingerprints exercise, mm-hmm. look for the overlaps, the things that are similar. And, you know, take a portion of the giving and go toward the, the things that you share in common mm-hmm. and then reserve some of it that goes toward each individual's, um, you know, fingerprint, basically, the things that are most important to them. Right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I firmly believe in both and. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think that's that's a valuable philosophy to have in life yes yeah i agree yes to give each other the freedom to have their own individuality but then maybe go jointly for some other things for some things exactly yeah right yeah i can see that uh when you call you also mentioned here about creating a giving brand what are you meaning by that oh that's your area of interest yeah so yeah, so I think um, that, that most of us do not think about um, the model that we are leaving behind. 
for others to see as we go through life. Oh. And that, and that, that most of us, most of our friends and our family, if you, if we were to go and ask 10 people who knew me really well and we asked them questions about, well, so what do you think Dawn Franks does and give to? I think that they probably would come fairly close to identifying a pretty good list of things they might guess because they've known me for a while and kind of see what I've done. So we don't even know that we're leaving those prints behind <laughs> yeah. everywhere we go. Yeah. And even if you do it anonymously, I love this, that even when we do it anonymously, those closest uh-huh. to us, they still know. And so I, that's why I, um, I think of it as a brand. And as a, a brand is something that a company, um, oftentimes companies will redo their logo. They'll freshen it up. They'll, you know, mm. modernize it. And so we mm. can do the very same thing with our giving brand. We can change it up a little bit, and we can go different directions. Um, and even if we've been known for giving in one way, <clears throat> We do not have to um, let that be the only the only, that might be part of our legacy, part of our history mm-hmm. that we leave. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be um, who we are um, today and tomorrow. We can decide that. We can pick that. I have spent time on occasion with um, individuals who are thinking about how they want to be known in the community, and giving mm-hmm. is an important part of that. Right. And so they make intentional decisions about what they give to. And so it's how do I, how do I follow my giving fingerprints mm-hmm. and create a brand that I will be very proud of because I know that, uh, you know, by virtue of what I do or how, it, um, uh, how busy I am in the community that folks are going to know what I'm doing. And so I want it to be a, a giving brand that, that I'm proud of. And they mm-hmm. become very intentional about that, and I think that's a good. That's a that's. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, for me, taking the time to think about it means you will feel better about it, just because you've gone through that exercise. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet you could tell me my giving brand, but if you can't, <laughs> mine would be music. I love music, and so I give far more to music than I used to. <laughs> music through the symphony and through the uh, church choir. And right. then women organizations. Okay. And I have this passion about a children's museum that I was very involved in that um, yes. I continue to hold on to because I think it's such a strong um Reflection of our community. It talk. It deals with family. It deals with education. It deals with children, and um, that was a very, very important. But these are these are things that I have learned over my years. So if we're if we're talking to a beginning giver out there, and let's yeah. say first off the issue is uh, they need to start with their ten percent somewhere. 10% of their net income. And Edwin talks about in her book about how she would get so angry because she said, I didn't have any extra money. I didn't have extra money. And so when she decided you have got, you've got to get her book. When you, when she decided 
she was going to do this, she would just talk to God and say, you've got to give me the, I, I don't have the money, but I will give my 10%. And she did it. And even when she had nothing. So for that listener out there that maybe doesn't have the extra money and we know that the, the laws work, um, how they begin is to just simply work their money so that it, they can give that 10% to their responsibilities. Now, how do you tell somebody, and I'm assuming without you giving away anything, which you wouldn't anyway, what, when do people start giving? I mean, not everybody's got 500 a month, 1,000 a month to give to charities. So how do they start? Where I want to talk to that woman that's out there that's like, I don't have it, you know. I don't have it, yeah. You 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 simply start with the tiniest amount, with the mite, the widow's mite. Mm. You want to mm-hmm. get it biblically, but yeah. with the tiniest amount, um, and you and you simply start. It yeah. if it's just pennies, nickels, and dimes that you've saved up over the course mm-hmm. of a month in a jar, and then you make that gift to an organization or to someone or something that's going on. Um, then you have given, and you have given from you know the the tiniest amount that you have, but it still will add up. Right. Um, I think most of us don't even recognize that the the the, the strongest mm-hmm. nonprofits that are doing the best work are organizations who have lots and lots and lots of donors, not a mm-hmm. few, you know, mega donors, but yeah. lots and lots and lots of donors. It's what I call sort of the base of a triangle. So you have a few big donors at the top and lots and lots at the bottom. They matter more than any other donor, even even though the big donor may give a little more attention. All those small donors matter. And if we all gave even the smallest amounts to all the organizations we cared for in this country, so much great work would be done. So Mm -hmm. many services would be delivered. so, yeah. so you just simply decide to start. And you skip a <laughs> you skip a cup of coffee, or you skip you something skip very simple. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, it's, something yeah. so simple. And, and yes, and you um, and you kind of, and you you make a, a plan. So mm-hmm. I think that um, it's a wonderful book called The Generosity Plan. That mm. is is that is great, and, and and she just talks about after you kind of figure out the things that you want to give to, then basically you um, uh, you make a plan to do that, even if it's very small giving. If it's just mm-hmm. I can only give a hundred dollars a year away, hundred and twenty dollars, mm-hmm. so it's only ten dollars a month. That's yeah. Two Starbucks cups of coffee, right? Yeah. So right. it's only, you know, 10 bucks a month. You simply make a plan and you collect that money and you make that gift. And just mm-hmm. the act of doing that and then you do it over and over again, you will be surprised at how um, your capacity to give will grow. Right. And I have to say that that $10 from somebody that is really giving of themselves to be able to do that is Mm -hmm. as great as the person that gives 
five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars with large resources. I mean, absolutely. it is just as powerful. Yeah, and absolutely. it's special. But I also want to suggest that sometimes it's giving of time that is a wonderful gift to a nonprofit. Yeah, volunteer yeah. time is oh so valuable, and it that's the old ED and me talking. <laughs> When you have events and you need extra hands, that's a wonderful way to give to an organization. Yeah. There's right? No, no question about it. And, and volunteering is, um, is it just, is another part of who we are. Mm-hmm. We, where we choose to volunteer, our time is valuable. There are only, none of us have any more than 24 hours a day. So to volunteer true. 30 minutes or an hour or whether it's once um, once a week or once a month or a quarter is still, that is a gift of time. That gift of time has a dollar amount to it depending on, you know, the the kind of um, income that we have or the um, uh, even the just looking at it in terms of our philanthropy in general. It all has a value and, mm-hmm. and really – to that nonprofit, it has a value that you and I can't put on it. Mm-hmm. They generally can't get anything. They get, get very little done, or certainly not everything, without mm-hmm. volunteers. Oh, I, yes, I so agree with you. Okay, Don. So we're coming close to our interview, and what would you like to share with us? Do you have something that you would encourage us to do about giving? Um, the, the, what's, what's very important to me is that everyone, men and women, young people, teenagers, mm-hmm. begin mm-hmm. to recognize that the way that they choose to give, whether it is financial or from whatever means they have, or mm-hmm. it's a gift of their time or their, their wisdom sometimes, yes. that they begin to recognize it's valuable and that, uh-huh. that to spend a little bit of time to figure out what's most important to them so that they can be intentional about where they give will not only be great for the organizations, Mm. it will be great beyond anything you can really measure for yourself. Mm -hmm. If everybody did that, every organization would benefit because we would all give where our passions and where our values were and there'd be room for everybody because there's all of it in this country or in this world, where whoever your listeners are and wherever they are. Um, we all have something to contribute to the organizations that we care about, and, and we would make a huge difference um, mm-hmm. when we do that. Right. It kind of bounces back on us, doesn't it? <laughs> when you do something like that, you walk away with such a good feeling. It's like, oh, oh, I did good. <laughs> I yes. did. I yes. always did. Yes. I felt like yes. what I gave yes. was Absolutely. in hours was really good. If, well, if I can add, can I add one more thing real quick? Oh, and that please is if do. There are children, if there are any children in your life, whether it is your children, your grandchildren, nieces or nephews, to model giving is the best way to bring the next generation behind us so that they will give as well. So how do you model it? 
I mean, doing it in a way that's visible enough for them to see. Okay. So, okay. So you can't just sit down at the computer and um, use your credit card to support an organization. That's a quick, wonderful, easy way to do it. But if there are children that you want them to learn about giving, then you might have to go the extra mile and write a check and Mm -hmm. take the kids with you and run down to the organization if they're in the same town with you and let them help you deliver the check. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's tiny, tiny yeah. actions, but it mm-hmm. it models. I um, and I worked with a woman who talked to me about how she and her husband were going to be giving, and we went through the exercise. She said, "You know, my my parents didn't give very much. They weren't they weren't donors." But as she talked more and more about them, she started talking about they were so busy going to special events all the time for nonprofits, but they just didn't give. I right. had to stop and go, wait a minute. That was their fingerprint. Uh-huh. That was how they gave. Yeah. Um, but she, she didn't even realize she'd picked that up because she watched them be so involved by going yeah. to events. Hmm. Don, how can my listeners uh, get in touch with you if they have a question? Oh, I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. They can, um, by going to my website, they can um, find a place to contact me at the bottom of the website. Um, by, and again, that website's www.your-philanthropy.com. Um, and and I, I do a, a um, blog as well, and so they can sign up for the blog, and there's a way to connect with me through the blog as well. So I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. Well, uh, Don has got more information than than you can imagine, more support. She's been in this area for many, many years. And so I really do encourage you to, if you have a question, connect with her. She can support you through your question and and give you a few answers. So, Don, I thank you so much for being on my program today. Uh, It's just been great. And, uh, well, thank you. I was honored. I've, I've enjoyed uh, being with you, Joyce. I'm going to go get my giving fingerprint book. <laughs> okay, great, great. <laughs> yes, for sure. So thank you very much. Now, as we come to the close of this, I want to share with you about an event that I'm going to have that you can go to from your house on April the 22nd. I'm going to do a webinar on happiness. Now, I mentioned this earlier so that you could prep yourself for this, but happiness is so necessary in our lives. It makes us healthy. It boosts our heart rate and blood pressure. Those are just some of the physical, but mentally it makes us whole. So I invite you to go to JoyceBufordEmpowers.com slash webinar W-E-B-I-N-A-R, and sign up for my webinar. It will be 30 minutes that we will talk on April the 22nd for 30 minutes. It's going to be great. I'm going to give you good information so that you can start putting more happiness back in your daily lives. We all kind of get up in the stress of life. We sometimes let that stress weigh heavily on our souls and on our heads and our bodies, and pretty soon our knuckles are dragging on the ground. But it's not necessary. It is 
as as Aristotle, one of our famous famous smart men of the past, had to say about happiness is that happiness depends on ourselves. It's your game. You're responsible to create the happiness in your life. I'm going to give you some tools that will help that help you begin incorporating that in your life. It's amazing. It's not just for your emotions. It's also for the health of your body and your ears. So I appreciate that you've been with us today. Next week, we will have another fascinating, interesting woman that we'll be talking about many subjects. And I appreciate that you have taken the time to be here today. Have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.